We want to be open. We want uh, to add to the kingdom of God. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about adding to the kingdom of God and praying. We've uh, touched on some great songs that speak to our hearts and who uh, we are as the people of God. This morning, I, I begin with a question. Have you ever been pleading with the Lord? Have you ever been pleading with the Lord for something? Really just like getting on your face. You want something. You plead with him. Lord, please, please, I need something here. And uh, you're not really seeking something materialistic. Although I know sometimes we, we might ask for things. We might ask for stuff. I'm... I've been kind of living some of the, uh, I'll say the hippie days, because I went to see the movie Jesus Revolution. It was all about the hippies coming, coming to the church and turning their lives over to Jesus. So I'm reminded, of, I'm reminded of the old Janis Joplin song, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? You know, pleading with God for materialistic things, a color TV, a night on the town. Sometimes we might go to the Lord for stuff, but I'm not talking about that kind of pleading. I'm, I'm talking about, have you ever just been so earnestly praying to God and there's something really worthwhile in your heart and you, maybe you're trying to build your relationship with the Lord, you want more of the Lord, or, or maybe you know someone who's had this kind of prayer and they're just asking for more of the Lord. They have a ministry desire. They have something that's a great work that they'd love to do, and they're praying so hard. And what will Jesus do? What will Jesus do with such a prayer? We've been talking about what will Jesus do so that we can answer the question, what would Jesus do? We need to know what he did. So this morning I want to look at three pleadings with Jesus and how he responded. And hopefully we can, we can learn from how Jesus responded to a, a certain intense, passionate plea and maybe apply it in our own lives. We're going to consider an account of a man who was delivered, delivered from a, a, a valley. He was in the valley of the shadow of death, living it. And he was delivered from being possessed by demons. And it's, it's one of these accounts that if you just think about what this man went through, it's, it's gut-wrenching. The Gospels of Matthew and Mark and Luke, they all record this incident. I'm going to... Bring it to us this morning from Mark chapter 5. So just get your finger in Mark chapter 5. I'll give you a very, very brief intro to this uh, section of the Bible leading up to this account. Jesus has been in the uh, northern regions of Israel in Galilee. Uh, he, he's uh, been on the west coast of the Sea of Galilee, and there's a number of cities there. Capernaum is one that's mentioned uh, much in the Gospels. There was Magdala, we know Mary Magdalene was from there. Tiberias, these cities along the coast. And Jesus was teaching and he was preaching and he had been doing great miracles and healings and uh, people were pressing in on Jesus. And it seemed Jesus needed a break. He was getting tired. And he told his closest followers, let's get a boat. 
Let's get a boat and let's go over to the other side of the lake. And they, they got themselves a boat and Jesus stepped in the boat and he laid down in the stern and he went to sleep. And then comes the famous scene, the famous scene where this fierce storm blows up on the Sea of Galilee. And we'd, we've talked about storms this morning in the Valley of the Shadow of Death. Jesus' followers They thought they were going to die. They thought they were going to drown. They were so frightened. They needed to to sing this song, My Fear Doesn't Stand a Chance. They had Jesus with them. And yet they had to go wake him up. And they cried, Lord, are you going to let us drown? Jesus stood up and he rebuked the winds and the waves. And he said, peace, be still. And he chided his disciples for their weak faith and they were astonished and they said to one another who is this who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him they hadn't really seen anything yet wait till that boat touched the eastern shore they would see how jesus would deal with a terrifying storm in a person's life and let's Let's now pick up this narrative. It's in Mark chapter 5. It's the opening, verses 1 to 20. Jesus has just calmed the storm. The boats landed on the shore. And we're going to read 20 verses to really get some context of, uh, of this account. Mark 5, verse 1. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasons. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and he fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, For we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on a nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, The man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, 
Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Now from a storm on the sea to a storm in a life, Jesus delivered peace. I can't imagine... I cannot imagine having a storm in my life like the man described in this passage. This man was possessed by demons, a legion of demons. And he raged so hard he couldn't be restrained. He couldn't be bound. He could not be subdued. He didn't didn't even keep his clothes on. Mark's gospel here, the passage we read, it implies the man didn't have clothes because when the people came, said he had his clothes on. Luke's gospel account just tells us, plain up, straight, the man had not worn clothes in a long time, and he did not live in a home. Homeless, naked, he's tormented, and he's agonizing, wandering through the tombs, cutting himself with stones. That is suffering. That is suffering. It was more than a storm of life. This was a Category 5 hurricane in this man's life. And yet, by the word of Christ, this man received peace. He received peace. He was released. He was delivered. He was healed. He was put back into his right mind. He put his clothes on, and he sat down at the feet of Jesus. Now, that's an account. And in this record, I wonder, did you notice how many requests, how many pleas were made of Jesus How many times was Jesus asked or or these pleas were made passionately? There there were three, three passionate pleas to Jesus. Let's look at each one. Number one, it was his enemies, the enemies of Jesus. The first plea to Jesus comes from the demonic forces that have taken up residence and tortured this man. They've taken up residence inside him and they have afflicted him. And they cried out to Jesus. We read they were begging Jesus, begging again and again. That's how Mark put it. They're begging Jesus. They don't want to be sent out of the area. These demons did not want to be disembodied spirits. They saw this herd of pigs and the demons. They begged. They begged. Send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. These were the enemies of Christ, begging, begging. And what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do with this request of his enemies? He granted it. He gave them permission to enter the pigs. Now, the result wasn't so good for them. It was kind of disastrous. It was disastrous for the pigs. It was disastrous for those who tended the pigs in the whole surrounding community. They lost about 2,000 head of swine. Now what followed was then the second request to Jesus. The pig tenders, they ran off and they spread the news. We lost thousands. We lost thousands of our our pigs. The the demon-possessed man was set free. But we lost all of our herd. People of the region, they heard the news. And, And these were not Jewish people. They were not. They were Gentiles. 
non-Jews. Mostly there, this was a community of Nabataeans and, and Arameans. They weren't Jews. We know that because they were keeping pigs. They kept herds of them. They, they ate pork. The Jewish people did not. The Jewish people wouldn't be keeping a huge herd of pigs. So these, these people who, who weren't Jewish, they came out to the coast to investigate. They saw the man who had been afflicted. There he is sitting, clothed. He's at peace. He's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And they saw their pigs were gone. And there's this Jewish guy, Jesus, who was responsible for the loss of the whole herd. Well, they began to plead with Jesus. What was their plea? You might think, after such a powerful healing, this man had a reputation around town for running around naked, cutting himself, running in the tombs. He's healed, and he is delivered. And you would think, seeing that, they'd be like, wow, what would be their plea? Come on, let's see some more. We got other people here who are hurting, and they're in pain. Will you deliver them? No, but that's not what they asked for. They pleaded with Jesus to leave. Get out of here. Get out of here. What did Jesus do? What did he do with these that were opposing him? He granted their request. He stepped in the boat to leave. Then comes request number three. As Jesus stepped in the boat, here's the man who had been demon-possessed. This man who had been in the valley of the shadow of death. He began to plead with Jesus. Again, we read the word beg. He begged Jesus. This is a passionate plea. Jesus, let me come with you. He's begging. Can you imagine how heartfelt and passionate this man must have been? He had been known to be a raging, roaming, naked guy, homeless. How He must have begged Jesus. Jesus, let me come with you. Let me come with you. What did Jesus do? He had just granted two requests. Those who were his enemies, those who, who didn't want him around, they were opposing him. Jesus had just heard their passionate pleas. They were begging, begging, we, we read. And Jesus said, okay, to both of them. The demons begged, the people begged. Surely, surely Jesus is going to say yes to this man, isn't he? This man who recognized the tender mercies of Christ, the compassion of Jesus, and he wanted so desperately to stay in his presence and go with him. And what did Jesus do? He said, no, 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 don't get in the boat. No, you can't come with me. Go home. Yeah, this man who, he, he may have been homeless, but he, he once had a home. Jesus said, go home. Tell your own people. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you. Tell them how you received mercy. And now the response of this man is worth noting. It's, it's worth just taking, taking notice of how he responded. Jesus had denied his request. Jesus gave him a dis- different assignment than what he had been begging for, than what he had been pleading for. And we don't read that the man complained. We don't read that he put up a fuss. We read he went. 
He went about the Decapolis and he told his story of redemption and how Jesus healed him. And people were amazed. Now this, this thing called the Decapolis, that, that means 10, Deca, 10. It's 10 cities. This region east of the Sea of, the Gal- uh, of, sea of Galilee, it was uh, a region of 10 cities along the, the sea and then running south along the Jordan River. 10 cities that had, they made a compact and they had, it incorporated into the province, the provinces of Syria. And this man, he didn't go just to his own city. It says he went among the Decapolis. He went from city to city to city proclaiming what had been done for him to his own people. Now, what can we, what can we take away? What can we glean from this? In the first two instances, Jesus was being begged. He granted the requests to his enemies, to the people who didn't want him. How, how could it be that he so easily just acquiesced to his enemies? How, why, why would Jesus even do that? Well, their requests were selfishly motivated. They wanted what was best for them. They were thinking of themselves. The demons didn't want to be disembodied. That was way out of their comfort zone. They wanted their own comfort. And the people, the people cared more for their pigs than they did for the man who had been healed. That's how selfish they were. They wanted more pork and less healing. Their pigs were gone. They might have to be eating vegetables for a while. This is terrible. Forget people getting healed. It was all about themselves. They were selfishly motivated. So Jesus said, yes, I will give you what you want. Your desire, what you want. And it didn't really go well. For the demons, disastrous. Their comfort only lasted for a few moments. The pigs were drowned. And that was it. They couldn't stay in them any longer. The people, the people missed out on more healings. They missed out on deliverance. They missed out on a visitation of God in their very midst. They told them, go away. Now, if we ever come back into Jesus, if we ever come back into Jesus with such selfish motivation, our requests are appealing to our own comfort, our own desires, our own appetite, we might just get what we want. Jesus might just say yes really quickly, and then we'll find out how well it goes. Now think about the third one. Think about the third one who had begged. He seemed to have such a, such a noble request. It was from a heart of gratitude. He had received mercy. And he made this passionate request to Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He said, no. He directed the man in a different direction. And what can we apply from that? What can we apply from that? Jesus knew what was best. Jesus knows what's best. And and I'll just quickly give you three things of what he knew best for this situation. First, Jesus knew what was best for his kingdom, for his purpose. Jesus, the Jew, had been rejected by this group of Gentiles in the region. They lost their pigs. They were afraid. They told him to leave. Jesus knew that winning the people over 
Well, it could come by a different means. It could come by another messenger, another Gentile. Who better to proclaim the news than another Gentile? And by the way, one who had just been released of thousands of demons who had possessed him and caused him torment. Jesus knew to do well for the cause of Christ, this was a a better way. He knew what was better for his purpose. And number two, he knew what was best for the man. He knew what was best for that individual who had been delivered. The man wanted to go with Jesus. Perhaps he was thinking, well, I can never go back home. I can never go back to my own people. My reputation is way too far gone. I was the guy that was running around naked and raging for so long. Well, I'm sure I'll be rejected, just like Jesus was rejected. Perhaps his desire to leave the region and follow Jesus was based on that thinking, I just can't go back. No one's ever going to take me seriously. And maybe he thought just getting in that boat with Jesus and going with Jesus, he could do great things. Maybe he thought, I could, I'll do great things with all of his followers. Those are in the, I'll, I'll do what they're doing. I'll serve him. But Jesus had a different purpose in mind for that man. And he commissioned him right then and there to be a missionary to his own people. Not a foreign missionary. Go, tell about the mercy you received. Tell your people. Jesus knew they'd listen. Jesus knew he could do great things among his own people, in his own province. He went around, he went around the whole province, all 10 cities. And Jesus knew the testimony of the man would be delivered and it would be received and people would be amazed. He knew what was best for that man. He knew what was best for his ministry, that man's ministry. He knew what was best for his kingdom. And a third point, Jesus knew what was best for the people. He knew they would hear the testimony of the man. They'd already rejected him. He he knew when this guy comes sharing his story to new folks, they're going to receive it. They're going to be amazed. Jesus knew. So when we come, when we come and fall before him with a passionate plea, a request, we're begging, we're begging. It's a good thing, not selfishly motivated. We're not asking for stuff, but we we have a request to be used, we want to be used in this, this way or that way or a, a greater way. And if it seems you've got this plea and doors aren't being opened, it's just not happening, or you're being directed in another way and that seems obvious, maybe it's a, a, a way that's different than what you thought. It's maybe a way that seems a little less glorious, a way that seems maybe a little harder Perhaps it seems lonelier. You don't get to get on the boat with all the guys. Yeah. Jesus is telling you, go to a different direction. It's a little lonelier. It's a little more humble than what you had in mind. Be like the man who was set free. Be like that man. Don't complain. He wasn't upset with Jesus. This man who had been in the valley of the shadow of death. What did he do? He did as he was directed. He went with boldness and authenticity. That's what he did. And he told about what Jesus had done. See, Jesus said no. What did Jesus do with a passionate plea? 
of some really great thing. I want to come with you. He said, no. And he gave different direction because he knows. He knows what's best. Let's not get upset when you know, it's not our way. See, Jesus knew. He knew, and he knew this is how prayer worked. When you have this passionate plea, Jesus, had, he, Jesus made his own passionate plea to the Father. We read later on, the night before he was crucified, Jesus prayed. Luke chapter 22, verse 42, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Jesus was sweating drops of blood. If you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Father, you might have a different direction in mind. Jesus concluded, not my will, but your will be done. From the encounter with the man who was possessed by a legion of demons comes two examples of those who prayed for their own will, their own way, their own comfort, their own appetite, and they received their own will. And it didn't go very well for them. And then there's one example of one who begged Jesus. He had a passionate plea, yet he yielded his will to the will of God. And he did so, we read, without any complaining. And what occurred? He did great things for God's kingdom. So, you might pray for strength. You might have a, be begging Lord for strength. And what does God do? He gives you difficulty. He gives you difficulty to build your fortitude on his power, not your own. You might pray for patience. I'm at my end, Lord. And God gives you stress to increase your long suffering. You might pray for courage. And what happens? You're put in peril. Some danger comes so that you can learn to rely on the Lord to overcome fear. You might be praying, Lord, Lord, I, I need to be more joyful. And what does the Lord do? He puts something in your life to mourn. You have to go through the mourning process to learn God is the God of all comfort. You might be praying for wisdom. God, I need wisdom. And what does the Lord do? He puts some problems in your life so that you can solve them relying on his wisdom. When you come to Jesus and you have these Please, these passionate prayers, remember what Jesus did. How he answered that one who was begging him. And how he himself prayed. Yet not my will, but your will be done. Let's remember that. Let's You're amazing. You're awesome. You're worthy to be praised. There is none beside you. Are rocking our salvation. Living water, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Praise your name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. You are truly amazing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Father, we just surrender our lives. We surrender our wills. God, if there's anyone in this sanctuary or connecting with us who's never, ever truly surrendered their life to you, God, we just pray a yielding, a repentance, a turning to you and ask for your grace, your leadership, your guidance, your deliverance, God. You deliver.
delivered. Jesus, you delivered one who was possessed by thousands of demons. Lord, if there's anyone, anyone who's possessed by the things of the world, they are just uh, lost and they're here and they're listening or they're, they're online. God, I pray for a release to you. I pray for hearts to say, God, take this junk away that I've been given my life to, that I could give my life to you who'd reconcile me to eternal life. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. And may we all have the hearts of surrender, surrender, surrender. But our will is to you. You know best. You know best. Help us to realize it. Help us to see it. Help us to walk in it. Thank you, God. Thank you. Now raise your hands for a blessing. God, bless your people. Bless them and keep them. Make your face to shine upon them. Be gracious unto them. Lord, lift up your countenance upon each one and grant them peace. May the peace of God that passes our understanding keep every heart and mind and soul through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. These altars are always open. If you need prayer, you don't have to rush out. We have elders who would anoint you with oil today.